Good morning, students. We're starting Chapter 11 of McGraw Beware of Dog by Bob Balabon. Um, we're on page 149. Chapter 11's um, title is The Encounter. In a, a minute, the dog, his friends, and the officer were racing to Minderbinder's office, and Thomas was attempting to explain the story to the of the kindly vet, who wasn't really so kindly, and the heavyset nurse, who wasn't the angel of mercy she appeared to be. McGraw filled in the details with a series of barks and growls. Officer Nelson had no idea law enforcement in a small town could be so exciting. He was dedicated, eager, and proud to be the youngest member of the Cedar Springs tiny police force. The officer radioed ahead to some colleagues in Greenhaven and told them to get to the Wiley Vets office pronto. He thought about running home and looking for the bulletproof vest he had recently purchased. He made a swift decision to forego the safety measure and concentrate on getting to the scene of the crime quickly. Officer Nelson's car swerved around the corner and came to an abrupt halt about halfway, about a block away from Minderbinders. You kids stay in the car, he said protectively, and keep your heads down. Four uniformed detectives were waiting for the officer at the scene of the crime. They covered him with, they covered him as he ducked down, edged forward across the front lawn. The policemen huddled in front of the large window and stared into the living room. The house was quiet and dark except for a little nightlight that burned softly in the corner. Officer Nelson was becoming lightheaded and it occurred to him that he might actually pass out from the excitement of his first arrest. Thomas and Violet McGraw got out of the police car and silently joined the officers. They crouched quietly behind them. In front of the window, they waited for something to happen, careful not to make a sound. McGraw's stomach gave out a rumble and was soon followed by the arrival of a now familiar odor. The officer gave each other funny looks and one of them even held his nose. Thomas controlled the urge to laugh. Violet didn't think it was funny. And then a tall, thin man could be seen creeping down the stairs. Evidently, the evil duo had returned to their roost, and the man was sneaking into the kitchen to get something to eat. He was followed by his heavyset, diminutive partner. She wore a fuzzy pink robe and giant bunny slippers. What in the world, Thomas thought, were these two up to? Every muscle in McGraw's body prepared itself to spring into action in case the doctor and his nurse should decide to escape. The officers stood ready, holding their breath in, in anticipation. All of a sudden, the doctor flicked a switch in the kitchen and the house was flooded with light. Thomas and Violet leaped back, startled, and even McGraw looked uneasy. The doctor and his nurse heard the commotion and turned to look outside the window. They couldn't help but notice the five officers, two youngsters, and a large dog lined up directly outside their window. They tiptoed forward to see what in the world was going on. Freeze! Officer Nelson shouted, frightening McGraw, who barked loudly. Officer Nelson, unaware until now of the presence of the children and the dog, practically jumped out of his skin and nearly shot himself in the foot. The pajama-clad occupants of the house froze obediently while the police attempted to look organized and professional. McGraw sniffed the air and noticed immediately 
that the repugnant scent of the doctor and the smell of the cheap perfume floated around the nurse were noticeably absent. But before McGraw could communicate this to Thomas, Officer Nelson whispered under his breath, are these the bad people, son? Yes, officer, I know them anywhere, Thomas replied speedily. That was all the eager young policeman needed to hear. Before McGraw could do a thing about it, the officer leaped through the window. McGraw tugged at Thomas's pants and did his best to let him know this was all a mistake of giant proportions. Somehow, the noise of the excitement seemed to make any thought transmission impossible. The officer had the perfectly innocent and very real Doc Minderbinder and his wife on the floor in a flash, hands tied behind their backs. It was then that Thomas realized something. The tall man and the fat woman certainly looked like Doc Minderbinder and his nurse, but when he concentrated really hard on their faces, he realized that they were not one and the same. The doctor and his nurse resembled their doubles only superficially. Their eyes exuded a jolly glow, Thomas noticed that even under these dreadful circumstances, the creases on the eyes, on the sides of their mouths, turned resoundly upward, nothing like the sour continents of their predecessors. Thomas would have laughed, except a feeling of dread hung over him like a black umbrella. He remembered suddenly that the evil duo who had replaced the doctor and his wife had vanished. They were nowhere to be seen. Who knew under what clever disguise they might surface again, or if they were gone for good? Thomas seriously hoped this was the case. But deep in his heart, he knew he would encounter the evil duo again. I think I've made a mistake, officer. While Thomas and Violet attempted to concoct an explanation for taking five police officers on a wild goose chase, a shadowy figure lurked behind a nearby tree. The thin, motionless man watched the proceedings as the fat woman stood beside him equally still. They went unnoticed by everyone, including McGraw, who would have identified their scent immediately except for the fact that the local bakery was preparing next morning's cinnamon buns. The villain watched patiently. They were prepared to wait. The officers apologized repeatedly as they untied the real Doc Minderbinder and his wife. Thomas wondered if he would be arrested for turning in a false alarm. His fears evaporated when the ungagged and unbound vet and his nurse started laughing merrily. They stood up, brushed themselves off, and then warmed off, warmly offered everyone's pets a free visit to the vet as they served them all steaming mugs of hot cocoa with marshmallows, even McGraw was given a bowl. When every marshmallow was eaten and the last cup of cocoa slurped, McGraw started herding Thomas and Violet away from the house. Thomas cocked his head to one side and listened intently. He's trying to tell us something. Hasn't he done enough talking for one day? It had been the longest day in Violet's life and she was getting cranky. McGraw is tired and he wants to go home. Me too, Violet replied firmly. The children said goodbye to the office and the children said goodbye and Officer Nelson thanked them for being so vigilant. He didn't mind the false alarm at all. He knew Thomas was a good kid who had meant well. Actually, he was a little relieved not to have 
to run into a serious criminal first into a serious criminal the first time out. Little did he know how close he had been standing to an evil schemer who planned to take over not only his precinct, but the entire town. Officer Nelson was kind enough to drive Thomas and Violet and the dog back to their neighborhood. It was cozy and warm in the car. Nobody said a word. The dog lay on his side in the back and encouraged Thomas to scratch his belly. Violet fell asleep twice, but Thomas was so nervous he couldn't sit still. His 36-hour deadline was up, and instead of finding McGraw's rightful owner, he had spent most of his waking hours fighting evil. He couldn't imagine how he would ever get his mother to extend the deadline, let alone grant him his real wish to allow McGraw to stay with him forever. That's the end of chapter 11. Tomorrow is chapter 12, and it says, Ad at last, or A.D. at last. Um after dog, I think, from the beginning of the book. Thank you. Have a great day.